Hello and welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 161. We've got uh, three of our four usual crew here and tons of E3 stuff to talk about. So let's go right into, into some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sarizel. Hey, I'm Sarizel. Um, I uh, do this podcast. I did another podcast for fun this week. That might be a thing. Um, I play video games and I watch a lot of TV and movies. What are you playing right now? Well, at the moment, I'm playing this this game called Mumble, and I'm talking with a microphone. That's not a game. <laughs> it doesn't count. Uh, Here's the Storm is my go-to because my friends uh, like playing it. So uh, they come over, get laptops, computers all set up, and you know try and get three or four people playing at a time. Now, and I'm sure everyone's dying to know who do you main on Heroes of the Storm. Um, I've been playing Li Ming mostly. Uh, for the last couple months. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy... So she has this ability that all of her cooldowns reset when uh, someone dies in her general vicinity. Um, so... Uh, to, this, to, this is so appropriate. Go to, ahead. To, to give you an idea how this works, uh, the team gets one kill, and then I get three more, because um, I, I keep getting free cooldowns that way. It's it's fun. It's amusing. That's all. That's, that's fantastic. All right, Bate, you're up, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Bate. Uh, I also play games, um, and I fell asleep yesterday, which is why we're recording on Monday. Shh! You weren't supposed to tell them. They would have had no way of knowing because of how <laughs> late it, take, it takes me so <laughs> long to post the podcast. They would have not known if you hadn't just admitted it. Oh, well, They've been like, it's, it's a day later than it normally is. Something must have happened. A sense of disturbance. Um, what are you playing right now, Bate? Uh, at this very moment, I am playing Watch Underscore Dogs. It's a fantastic okay. game. Okay. And, and you're still playing Assassin's Creed 3. I know it's your favorite game ever, right? No, as soon as uh, Watch Dogs <laughs> game uh, became free, I switched, man. Nice. All right. Uh, and I'm Pokey Draven. I have been playing, or at least trying to play the shit out of uh, the new expansion for Final Fantasy XIV called Stormblood. Uh, they've had a rocky start with their servers being way overpopulated and congested, so much they've actually offered incentives for people to leave populated servers and go to lower population ones. It's just been it's been a total mess. But what I have been able to play so far is pretty good, so I'm enjoying that. However, there was a lot of stuff that came out this last week at E3. This is going to be kind of the majority of our show. Tons of stuff, so we're going to kind of blitz through as I, much I, as we can. I have and, something you know, first, though. What, what? I have one thing first. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get there. We're almost we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll you're, get you're there. already running the E3, I'm not, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going straight there yet. But yeah, no. So Zell has one thing he's very excited for. Um, normally, I can't hear the screeching of his voice all the way from from Chicago, but for this one, we did. So Zell, tell everyone what you are excited about. John Wick's getting a TV show. So much more anticlimactic than I was expecting. I'm 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 pretty excited. They're do they're they're gonna do a TV show around uh, the Continental Hotel and kind of the the kind of backstory universe of things um, uh, with the hotel and and the assassins and everything. And and I really love one of the things I really love about John Wick is not necessarily just uh, the the movie action itself and the Keanu Reeves and and everything. But they have this incredibly well-developed little universe behind John Wick and, and, you know, where these assassins do business and how they do business. Um, And so a series about that sounds really cool. Um, So I'm pretty excited about this. And, uh, you know, honestly, I was thinking about it. uh, And the guy who plays the concierge, Lance Reddick, 
he's a TV actor. Like him being in a movie was is kind of unusual for him. For him. So I, I kind of feel like they could probably get him back as uh, you know a, a leading character in in a series the hotel he's in. One would hope. So. I know when Limitless uh, got their TV series, um, it was a movie that came out in 2010. I think, and then they got a TV series maybe in the last three years at least. It was, was, it was it last was, year. Was it last year? It so, was. If I'm not mistaken, Bradley Cooper made a cameo in like what made at least the first episode. Is Keanu Reeves doing that for this uh, series? It is suggested that he probably might yes it's like it's in the headline but it's not a definitive statement as many of such things often are not so um okay but decent possibility yeah i mean that's that's pretty cool it sounds like uh it'd be good for you know obviously the first and second movies did quite well um this seems like the kind of stuff that people would enjoy watching as a TV show, and having you know, Keanu Reeves make a make a guest and performance would be would be pretty. pretty what else cool. is he gonna do? Like seriously, I, what it, else it, is Keanu Reeves gonna like, do? Like, he had like The Matrix, and then there was John Wick. Then there was this black hole in the middle. If he's out of the black hole, he should probably capitalize you know on it as much as he can. The entire the entire black hole was the sad Keanu memes. That was it. True. True. That was he, that he was became a meme for that was his contribution to society was. in that time. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I'm trying to remember. I, I heard some details on the uh, chapter three, which was as well uh, over the last week or two, which was uh, said to be a uh, you know fitting conclusion to John Wick's story. So um, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe he'll they'll wrap it up in a trilogy, or maybe they'll be like, you know what, let's keep paying Keanu Reeves. This is great. You know how those things go. He's going to die in the next movie. I'm going to call it right now. And then his dog goes on a rampage to avenge the fact that John Wick's dog's John Wick died. I don't know. Can it John, John Wick's dog's owner. Died. John Wick's John. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That, that was the, the dog <laughs> Wick video. <laughs> the dog Wick video. Yeah. No. That's, uh, no, I, I, I could see them just going for the full trilogy on this one. Obviously, did well enough. Um, and it's getting a TV show. They're, they're pretty well committed to it. So. You know, do do we have details on that third film? Is that going to be anytime soon, or is that just they're like, yeah, we're doing it, and that's all you get to know? That's you know? that's all. That's, that's like that's all. That's, that's, all, all, we get that's to all I know. It's okay. it's like they're like it's coming. We're making it. You know how these things go. Well, they say yeah. they say I mean, this. And it could be anywhere for you know you know in the next two to eighteen years. And, you know who knows. All right, sounds pretty good. So you're you're good on your John Wick fix. Are we good to move on here? Um, you you may now proceed with the rest. We of the may show. now proceed with the rest of the show. John Wick has been settled, handled, done, sorted. Okay, so E3, kind of a kind of a big deal. Um, we did kind of some pre pre game stuff last week. We talked about some of the things coming out. So a few of these things are going to be somewhat of a repeat of what we did talk about. So we won't dwell on them too much. But uh, we're kind of going to break it down, kind of by company. Uh, development studio, that sort of thing. So I'm going to start off with Microsoft. So obviously the big one, probably the biggest news coming out of the E3 2017 was the Xbox One X. This is the official name of the Project Scorpio we've been hearing about. Uh, it's going to be 500 bucks. comes out this year, November 7th. And uh, apparently either all or most of the original Xbox games will be backwards compatible with the Xbox One family. So kind of going back to Microsoft really pushing to have, you know, their whole collection of games work on you know, their systems as a whole, just trying to make sure that your library, your bookshelf, whatever you have your game stored on 
it's all going to work. You don't have to buy an HD remake of it. It's just going to work. So uh, they're moving pretty pretty well forward with that, and I think that's probably going to be quite a bit of an edge over Sony moving forward. Now, I know that, Bait, you're kind of the, the Xbox junkie here. Um, I know you're not planning on picking this one up, but you, know, you think this one's going to do well? I mean, the 500 bucks price tag is a bit more than the PS4 Pro, but obviously it's a bit higher in terms of uh, you know design specs. Do you think that will help or hinder them? Um, see, it, it's kind of hard to say. Um, do we know how well the PS4 Pro did? Just out of curiosity, I don't have exact numbers on that, but it but, did yeah. pretty well. Um, it didn't flop by any means. It's it's selling. It's just you know, it's not selling probably at the same rate as the initial you know launch. Yeah. Okay. Then I I don't expect it to flop just because of what it is. Um, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I. I would be safe, just uh, confident in saying that it won't flop, but it won't do like, oh my god, record sales. Um, I think if anything, it will sell just a little bit less than uh, all the other Xbox Ones. But obviously, they're still going to make money from it. I figure. I, honestly, I think people will buy it just to just to be like, oh, what does this look like? Oh, okay, this is cool. Um, so we'll see. But no, I don't expect it poorly. I think it's a stupid name, and we shouldn't call it the Xbox One X. We should just call it the Xbox uh, Scorpio. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's just me. Well, and someone pointed out to me that if you actually take the name Xbox One and take the first letter of each part of that, so you have X, which would be Xbox, which would be B, One, which would be uh, you know O, and then X, it spells out Xbox again. So. I don't know if that's them being cute or if it's just... Maybe they just want you to stop calling it the X-Bone. The X-Bone, no. yeah. X-Bone. Now, now, now you can call it the Xbox. No. Well, that would follow the, the convention for naming that we've seen lately, where they basically, we're just going to release, you know, the fourth game in a series, but call it the exact same thing as the first game with, like, the invisible subtitle of, you know, 2016, 2017 in the end. Like, I just, that they've been I just... doing all the time. Or... or you know, Xbox One, Battlefield One, where we just get really confusing with it. I just love that there was a there was a great uh, meme image that went around around that the the new Xbox, like the next one being the the like lowercase X, uppercase X, box X, <laughs> one X X, lowercase X. <laughs> like every fourteen year old screen name. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I no, think- I, I, that's what I was thinking too. It was pretty funny. I think my favorite one that somebody pointed out was Microsoft is following the uh, the naming scheme of uh, Tesla. So right now Tesla has the Model S, the Model X, and then the Model Three. So people were saying that the next Xbox uh, after the One X is going to be the Xbox Three. And you you do know why Tesla does that, right? No, I don't. Um. Well, let's put it this way: the they can't use the the they were going to call the Model 3 the Model E, but they couldn't... Uh, the, the problem is is that uh, Ford actually has a trademark on the name Model E, and they couldn't use that. So if you just shuffle the three models of Tesla around a little bit, figure out what anagram they're trying to spell, and their, four, their fourth one is supposed to be the Model Y. Really? That's, yes. Um, and, and so... Yeah, if you figured out what they're doing now, I, I think that uh, I don't don't need to spell it out for you. Shout out to Tesla. That's that's exactly what they're doing. Just so you know, it makes fourteen year old me giggle. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fourteen year old Elon Musk is very happy too. <laughs> 
every Tesla nut comes the next box built into the seat. It wouldn't surprise me the crazy shit that he's been doing. I, I work in the industry in, in the energy industry, so I get uh, a lot of buzz around Tesla and the stuff that he does and or says he's going to do and then doesn't do and in the weird stuff he comes up with. So I, I always kind of have a bit of a, a stigma associated with Tesla, but uh, you know, it's Musk is a very interesting character at the very least. Um, but anyways, moving along with other stuff, um, Microsoft obviously had a lot of big things. That's what we talked about last week, so I won't get into a lot of those. Um, Forza 7 is kind of a popular one. I'm not a racing guy. Uh, I don't play racing games. Um, I, I do like how good the game looks on Xbox One X. Uh, it's a very, very sexy game. Um, but yeah, next Forza game, it launches October 3rd. Uh, that one is Xbox One and PC only, but uh, so it is exclusive, but uh, you know, it does look really, really good. Are you a, are you a racing guy, uh, Bait? Do you no, do no. Forza? Okay. Yeah, it's just if I do, I'm gonna play Mario Kart because that's what I grew up with. So you know, uh, unless it's VR, if it's VR, I'd, I'd probably do a racing game because that that's just actually pretty fun when you when you actually sit down and try it out. But uh, obviously, don't own an Xbox, I won't be getting into that one now. Uh, Anthem, that is the as I kind of described it, it reminded me of BioWare's answer to uh, Destiny, kind of a post-apocalyptic futuristic running around in an open world with some friends in Iron Man suits, basically. Uh, some more gameplay kind of came out from that one, uh, trailers, that sort of thing. Uh, what are you guys' general thoughts on this it's, one? Do you think it's, it's going to be good Bio- or is it just hype chain? You know, it, it's Bioware hype train. It's Bioware. It's it's the, the sci-fi. I'll buy it. Let's be honest. It's just, it's just a thing that's going to happen. E- even after Andromeda? You still have faith? I liked Andromeda. It was it's <laughs> fine. I haven't beaten it yet, so I don't know if there's some like super super disappointing ending. But it's fine. It's fun. It's Mass Effect. It's all the things that I enjoyed about the other Mass Effect games more or less. It's fine. Are you getting bad animations with that still? I, I really have never noticed, but they like I was so far behind playing everyone else. They probably fixed most of them before I before I played it. Are you male or female rider? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I generally play the female characters, and which is actually a difference. I did play the male characters in uh, Male Shepherd, but uh, oh. apparently I screwed up this because I'm still told the female shepherd is better, and for Andromeda the male character is better. But such is life. I do everything wrong. That's just how I've lived my life. See, in this case, they said, okay, we don't want to do facial animations again, so we're going to stick everyone in a suit with a mask on, and we'll be good to go. And we'll just fly around. There will be no facial animations. It's just going to be all crackly audio and, and really cheesy, uh, hey, I'm playing together with my friends, scripted stuff that they had in the trailer. That still bugs the hell out of me. I can't, I can't stand when they do that. But uh, You talking about Anthem? Yeah, Anthem. Yeah, that was oh my god, that was so, so incredibly awkward. So so cringy. I'm like, no one actually sounds like that, do they? Unless they're sitting in a boardroom, I guess. But now Anthem looks interesting. This, you know, what they showed was obviously incredibly scripted. Uh, if the game looks anything like that, it plays anything like that, sure. But this is the sort of thing where it's you know, let's put the best foot forward and then. You know, hopefully we'll get excited enough that they won't care if it doesn't look quite like that. So, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more about this one, but it reeks of Destiny hype train, and so I'm I'm really really cautious about it. Um, but it does look cool, so we'll we'll kind of see how that one pans out. Okay, so Nintendo, 
old classic. I grew up as a Nintendo kid. Um, I do not own a Switch, so a lot of these I can't participate with. But Nintendo did have a pretty good showing for E3. So the biggest one, uh, watching the reaction videos online has been pretty fun, is Metroid Prime 4. Uh, the Metroid Prime series kind of started on GameCube, I believe. and It was incredibly popular. did very, very well. Very good series. Um, and then they kind of had some setbacks with other M and some other weird things they tried doing with Metroid and it did not work out so well for them. Uh, so Nintendo is kind of going back to the Prime series and releasing the Metroid Prime 4 for Nintendo Switch. I've never seen so many people so excited about oh a, like God. about like a word art number four. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the trailer is like... Okay, you can watch the trailer when you look at the show notes and get the link, but literally the trailer is, okay, it's a camera floating in a star field. Okay, there's a, there's a nebula. Oh, the nebula's got some glowing bits. Oh, it looks like kind of like a four. And then a big, you know, title block four kind of, you know, flies on the screen and, and kind of outlines the nebula. And then it goes Metroid Prime, uh, Metroid Prime 4. And everyone goes apeshit, and that's it. There's nothing else. Like, it, there's no gameplay. There's no picture of Samus. There's absolutely nothing this but is people the are losing most, their shit over it the most excited anyone has ever been about the number four and and i you know <laughs> yeah, that's not, just not the, not the fantastic i mean four. and i'm usually pretty excited about the number four I, like my birthday is april 4th so four four is kind of my thing but like this is like word art four done it was like 10 seconds i was like skipping through trailers i'm like i skipped past it almost it was that that fast it was just there I was looking for it. I'm like, there's got to be something else other than like they're not they're not freaking out over this. There is there like, is nothing else. Oh, okay. I guess I guess we'll go with that. So yeah, the uh, Metroid Prime Four. People are very hyped for it. Like I said, there's there's no gameplay. That's it's hardly even a teaser. It's just the title block that says Metroid Prime Four. Uh, currently in development, people are very excited about this, but there is no uh, release date anything like that. It's more of a yes, we're doing it. Please don't give up on us. We will make you a good Metroid game. Forget about the other ones we did. Um, so, you know, looking forward to that. Uh, also, another Metroid game coming out is Samus Returns. And this is coming out for the 3DS. And this is actually more of the classic side-scroller uh, Metroid experience. It's obviously um, 3D in the sense that it's, you know, a, a 3DS and your characters in 3D models and whatnot. But it is a side-scrolling uh, sort of game. So if you're familiar with the original Metroid or pretty much any side-scrolling game, that's kind of what you can come to expect with this. Um, it looks as good as I would expect a 3DS game to look. Um, you know, it's it's. I, I bet it looks cool with the actual effect, but like most 3DS games, you never really get the feel of what it's going to look like until you actually have it in your hands, because obviously it won't work through a YouTube video. So um, this one I might actually be able to pick up because I do have a 3DS, um, and uh, I, I would like to kind of get my hands on it again. Now, what I'm not sure about is if it is actually... A remake of the original Metroid, or if it's just meant to resemble you know the style and that sort of thing. Did you it guys it, hear any word on that? It doesn't look original. I, I, I mean, I mean, it doesn't look like it's the original. It looks, it looks new. Okay, yeah, I mean that's and that's fine. I mean, I mean the, this is some high-end looking graphics for a 3DS. Um, right. And uh, so I, I mean, this is kind of the same thing they did with the the new Mario Brothers, where they took the old gameplay mechanic and then made a new game that was you know modern and appealing but still more or less a side scroller yeah no i mean it's it, it'll do fine i think Nintendo does well with that sort of thing they somehow managed to rehash the same thing over and over again and it, it works a lot better than other companies when they do it so you know i'm 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 fine with that if they can kind of you know get it to work and, and make it enjoyable so looking forward to that one so that is thomas returns coming out september 15th 
2017. So you actually have a, a, a better release date on that one. You can get your hands on this one uh, in just a few months. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey is going to be uh, another big one coming out for the Nintendo Switch. This is, of course, the one that we talked about uh, a while ago. Um, you know, it's, again, Nintendo Switch, so that's kind of what you can expect in terms of visuals. Uh, you know, it's it's a Mario game. It's not a side-scrolling one. It's an, it's kind of an open-world exploring game. Um, you've got worlds you go to. I mean, you've if you've played these kinds of Mario games, you know what to expect. Uh, it seems that the kind of the gimmick they've got for this one is going to be your hat is something you throw around a lot. So you throw your hat like onto a train, and you kind of turn into that train, and you can drive the train around. You can throw it onto a Goomba and turn into a Goomba. You can be Thomas the Tank Engine. You can be Thomas the Italian Tank Engine. Uh, but yeah, so that's that is kind of what to expect from that one. Um, again, you can glean what you can get from the trailer. Uh, it's a Mario game, you know. It's 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 fun. It's you know puzzles, you know that sort of thing. Um, Mario Galaxy was really good. Um, I, had, I think it was the last one I actually played from the series because I again didn't own a Wii U or a Switch. But uh, this one looks looks pretty solid, you know, kind of what I would expect. So that one is coming out October twenty seventh this year, so a little bit later. But uh, you know, still it's got an actual release date, which is better than a lot of the other announcements at E three. So good stuff there. Uh, now another weird one is Mario and Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. So if you're familiar with the Raving Rabbids series, this is kind of a spin-off that started from the Rayman series, and they end up doing some crossover stuff where um, mostly party games, um, you know, characters from the Rabbids series coming over. In this case, it's you know Mario and Rabbids. Um, I imagine it's probably not quite like Mario Party per se, but you know if it follows the other rabbit games series, it's, it's going to be party games, you know, just kind of mini games, that sort of thing. Um, usually pretty heavy on the humor. They kind of make fun of, uh, of the games and that sort of thing. And some of the idiosyncrasies with that. So, you know, again, if you're familiar with that, um, I'm not big into the series, but you know, it looks like it's pretty much in line with what you're used to. So check that one out. If you are the kind of person that's looking for a good party game for your Nintendo switch. And that one is coming out August 29th, 2017. Uh, the weird one, and I'm, I'm so weirded out by this is Skyrim for the switch because, you know, Bethesda will release Skyrim at least 57 times before they finally put the game to, 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 to rest here. Um, so this is Skyrim Switch. It's coming, obviously, to Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's going to have Amiibo support. So the kind of the demo they showed was uh, taking your Legend of Zelda Link Breath of the Wild Amiibo, and it kind of unlocked a chest in-game that you got, you know, Link's outfit and the, the um, you know, the sword and the shield and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's going to have at least Amiibo, su Amiibo support in some regard. Uh, what they were kind of showing off weirded me out. Um, they were really pushing the whole hey, you can pick up the Joy-Con uh, controllers, and it shows like him like flicking his wrist, holding the controllers, and then your character draws you know, a sword and a shield, and then you kind of flick each controller the block or swing the sword. Do you guys think this is like Skyrim proper, like it's the actual whole Skyrim game, or is it just kind of a really heavily watered-down, uh, I don't want to say mini-game, but it's a modified version for the Switch that's a little more compatible. What do you guys think? Is this the real thing, or is this actually a, a different version of the game? I would be very surprised if it were the full game. I don't... I mean, I know Skyrim can run on just about any PC. I just don't see the full game running on um, on a Switch. But, I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. I, I think what, what threw me off is that you don't really ever see the character walking around. It's all them showing this, hey, it's this cool 
gimmicky combat thing where you can flick your Joy-Con remotes and, and make it do combat. And so I'm like, do you actually walk around or are you just kind of like a little mini you know, sparring simulator, that sort of thing? So I don't know. Details were a little sparse on that one. I'm not so sure about it. Um, I think that they're they're pushing this whole Joy-Con thing, obviously because that's kind of part of the whole Nintendo Switch package. But whenever I see these demos, these people holding these dinky little controllers and then doing things, I'm like, it looks weird to me. So I don't know. Personal opinion, I don't know what to expect from that one. I'm not too impressed, but you know, we'll have to see if that actually pans out and if it is the true Skyrim experience or not. So we'll have to see uh, how that kind of evolves as they start to show more and more of it. Okay, so a couple more titles coming to the Switch. Uh, another main Pokemon title. Um, obviously, you know, Pokemon, they just release one every so often. Uh, no details on launch, just, you know, them confirming that we are indeed working on it. Uh, Rocket League. Rocket League is a game where you are, um, if you're not familiar, you're basically playing soccer, but you're in, like, a jet engine-powered race car. So you're flying all over the place trying to, you know, dribble a giant soccer ball with a car. Um actually really really fun it's on lots of different platforms um and i think a lot of the platforms actually do have cross play uh so i imagine that when rocket league does come out for nintendo switch hopefully there will be cross play with other platforms so you can play with other people regardless of what they are playing on um really fun game definitely worth to keep an eye on uh and then legend of zelda breath of the wild obviously that is already out has been out but they are getting two dlc packs so if you are uh a breath of the wild fan and you somehow have explored everything there is to explore in the game uh you do have some new content coming that you can enjoy and uh again no release date on that just that yes we are working on it there will be dlc coming so you know stay tuned so that kind of wraps up what we have for uh nintendo now sony had also a pretty good offering and, and keep in mind when i when i do say you know sony uh it just because it was shown at their press conference does not mean it is exclusively a playstation 4 title um a lot of these have you know, uh, releases on other platforms. They aren't just exclusive to Sony, so do keep that in mind. A uh, really big one they pushed for this year was the new Spider-Man game. And, you know, this, it was interesting. Um, it looked looked really good. Um, combat looked really smooth. There was quick time events, I guess, as part of the combat, which was a little strange to me. I thought we were kind of done with those. Um, but, you know, the actual, you know, uh, hand-to-hand combat, that sort of thing looked look pretty damn slick. Uh, Zell, are, are you familiar with the Spider-Man games at all? Have you played those in the past? Or, or bait for that matter? No. Hells yeah, dude. I played the fuck okay. out of Spider-Man too, There dude. we go, then. Bait to the rescue. What are your thoughts on this one, then, compared to what they've had in the past? Uh, hmm. So, compared to... I'm going to use Spider-Man 2 as the benchmark, uh, just because I think that was the best one out of the... I think three from the to- uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man games that they, that they released... Uh, I haven't actually played any of the other ones uh, that have come out since uh, What's-His-Face is Spider-Man. Uh, the world looks really good. It looks nice and open. Um, looks like a Spider-Man game. Feels like a Spider-Man game, uh, at least from what I could tell. It sounds like a Spider-Man game, which is really good. Um, my only concern, really, is I think this Spider-Man is going to be annoying. Um if you're familiar with Spider-Man at all, you know that there's a fine line between him being witty. I think I've said this before, between him being witty um, and him just being flat out annoying, right? And just watching the trailer, I think it's going to be annoying, and it's it, it might kill the game, but that remains to be. Everything else though looks great. Uh, the combat looks really good. Uh, like Pokey was saying, it kind of reminded me of uh, of Arkham. 
so yeah, that's yeah. always good. It's kind of got that line them up in a circle and you're, you know, bouncing yes. around between guy and guy and, and knocking them out. So, I mean, that, that's, and, th and that actually did pretty well um, for combat systems. So I think in this one, it was a little more acrobatic, um, but still Very it's, good. it's the, you know, comboing people together, but it's not like a, you know, necessarily like a mortal combat style combat, but it's, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're zipping around and, and grabbing people. I think one of the ones he actually kind of comes swooping down on a group of guys. And I think kind of some, like an opening attack, like, uh, gets one of them with the web and then actually kind of like pulls them up over like a pipe and knocks them out. And then the fight starts. So you can kind of have these stealth attacks and, and take out a couple guys before you, even the actual engagement starts. So, you know, they, they do play off of um, kind of like an Arkham, like, like, like Bates said, like, like an Arkham style where it's, you know, part stealth, part actual open combat. And they kind of have this, um, you know, you're surrounded, you know, slipping underneath guys, jumping over that sort of thing. So it's, it's an Arkham style combat system that's been, you know, tuned for more, uh, Spider-Man themed games, so that it looked it looked really good. Um, but I think you do raise a good point, Faith, that you know there is a very fine line between kind of that witty, nerdy, slightly cringy, and just annoying. Like, oh God, you're trying too hard to be funny here, um, which which could be a problem. I think uh, everything else. Though, I mean, the swinging, uh, like you said, was a lot more acrobatic, and I mean, it still looked good, right? I don't think the acrobatics took away from the mobility. At least it didn't seem like it. Um, I know in, in past Spider-Man games that I've played, I think all three of them, one, two, and three, uh, the swinging was um, more direct, I guess, for lack of a better word. So you were just going from one place to the other. You weren't kind of flipping around and jumping off buildings and whatnot. So it, it'll be really interesting to see how that... Yeah, they definitely added some flourishes to it where I... I um there's one where he's kind of swinging towards a building and I thought that it, he would kind of like bounce and bounce off of it, but actually the character kind of transitions into this um, wall running animation where he kind of goes dashing across the window and then hops off and then grabs the next building. Um, it looks, it looks very smooth. Like their, their animation, I think that in, in a Spider-Man game, you really got to land that animation and make sure it looks really natural and realistic for, for what it is, obviously. Um, but it's got to look good because that's a big part of his character is kind of the, the swinging acrobatics and the very smooth motion and that sort of thing. And I think they definitely nailed that with this one. So, you know, in terms of thematically, uh, feeling like a Spider-Man game, I think they absolutely nailed it. Combat looks pretty good. Um, graphics in general honestly almost everything at e3 looked really good so I, it's yeah, it's kind yeah. of redundant to talk about it like that but you know it, it, it looked good so i mean it kind of comes down to the humor um overall experience if you're gonna like it or not uh but yeah it looks like a really solid showing i think uh, a lot of people that are big fans of the series and like those kinds of games are gonna pick this one up so uh, i think it'll do pretty well yeah one more thing and, and we can move on to the next one from there uh, it, because it's e3 everybody wants to have these scripted uh, trailers slash gameplay demos. It really kind of bothered me that I couldn't tell like what you could actually do in the game. Does that make sense? Oh no, believe me, so, I, I don't trust yeah. gameplay worth shit anymore. No, I, I don't either. And uh, if if it was scripted, that's really going to make me sad. Uh, just because I mean, some of the things were really cool. And you know, thinking about, it, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well maybe they could do that in the game. Like there's one bit where. I th it was. It might have been once or twice at least. Uh, once at least, where he runs through like uh, part of a building, and he's jumping over desks, and he's like uh, shooting webs and pulling himself to the next area of the building, and then you know he makes it all the way across this building, and then you continue swinging. Um, so it kind of makes me wonder, like, okay, am I going to be able to do that in the game, or because if you can, it's going to be great for mobility. You know, not having to go 
between buildings, but being able to go through buildings. Yeah, if if they implemented something like that, I would suspect it would be a certain points you can enter the building, and then it yeah, goes yeah. into like a pre-made animation where it it just kind of pulls you through it. You aren't actually controlling that action, and then it spits you on the other side, and you can regain control of the character. Um, um, that's kind of what I would expect. You know, Assassin's Creed Three did that. And I didn't realize it did that until I went through a building and my phone rang, and I took my hands off the controller, thinking I would just stop in the building. No. No, I didn't stop. It, <laughs> it pulled me through, um, which was different coming off of Unity. Um, you know, Unity you can run through freely. Um, and I, I don't know. If, I don't know how I felt about that. And maybe it's just because I wasn't used to it. But it, it just something about it seemed off. So hopefully it won't seem off. Uh, if that is the case, if if it is um, on a, a autopilot, so to speak, when you go through buildings in, in mm-hmm. the Spider-Man game. Yeah, no, it's it's you know it it's tough to tell, and I honestly wish that the market would go more towards releasing like even just like a tech demo, like hey, you can download the engine and, and zip around this one this one block area and get a feel for it, rather than you know here's a quote unquote gameplay demo that is obviously not an actual. There's game a reason on. they don't because it's not ready yet because they not sell you just half that games. not just that. It's, you know, somebody was complaining the other day um, on something I was reading about, like, why, like, that the, the Apple Watch you could play with in the store, but the Android Wear was behind a, behind a glass thing. I'm like, that's because they know you wouldn't buy the Android Wear if you could play <laughs> with it in the store. I, they're not letting you try it yet because they want you to buy it before you see what it actually does. Uh, no, and that's that's absolutely true. And that's why I, I've become so, you know, we, we obviously do this show and I like to play things and give my feedback. But at the same time, if I bought everything that was, you know, looked exciting, I would go broke and obviously not have the time to actually play it. And I've been burned so many times by that exact thing where I bought it. And I was like, well, shit. If I had known, I wouldn't have gotten this, you know. Um, Destiny is a good example where there was a demo, and the part in the demo that you play is actually really quite fun. The, the, game, the game throughout the story is actually quite good. But when you get to the end where, you know, that's where the bulk of the time is, and at the end game, and, and that sort of thing where the, kind of the, the content kind of broadens out, and you get to do different things, uh, that's when I was like, this kind of isn't working for me but by then you know it's too late i've had the game for 20 hours i can't return it i had no way of knowing it was going to be like that um and i've gotten so paranoid about buying games and and basing it off of you know gameplay and thinking that's going to be the entire experience because you can get really creative with you know like well you know you could do this if we allowed you to do that and this and this specific area and this is already kind of scripted yeah you can make any quote-unquote gameplay look great um and it's made me very, very paranoid. So I've bought much less games lately because of that, because I just don't trust them to actually put out content, you know, in these kind of venues that is actually accurate to what the kind of experience you are that you're going to actually get when you buy it. Um, which, like you said, Zell, is because I probably wouldn't buy it if they actually did. So, you know, if a game does put out a, a demo, you know, at least I have a little more faith, but still, you never quite know, and it's, it's a real shame. Uh, another big one is God of War. Um, this one showed actually, uh, I think last E3 was in the first made its appearance. It was kind of a really cool reveal with uh, uh, Kratos and his son, and, and the trailer kind of introed with his son, you know, messing around and talking to this person who was in the the kind of the shadows of the room they were in. Um, and then the person stands up and comes into the light, and you realize it's Kratos, and it's like, holy shit, the crowd went wild. Um, 
Now, this one is obviously kind of an expansion going more off of, you know, okay, that was the reveal. This is more of kind of the sort of thing we're going to be showing you in terms of story, that sort of thing. Uh, not much in terms of gameplay still, but what I found really interesting is, in, in, in let, me, let me know, guys, if you agree or not, I feel like the tone of this new God of War is uh, a little more real. Um, it's not so much just, I'm Kratos and I'm angry and I kill everything. It's like a human element to it, right? So it's it's actually his interaction with his son um, trying to actually, you know, be a decent person to this kid who is clearly, you know, kind of useless without him and he actually has to take care of him. And it seems like, obviously, while the combat is still there, you're still, you know, killing monsters and that sort of thing with Kratos being a badass, that they're actually trying to focus on, like, you know, he isn't just a mindless killing machine. He actually kind of has a personality and it is trying to be a more normal person. Is that the kind of the vibe you guys got from this? It's not going to be so much old God of War. It's going to be old God of War plus, you know, actual human Kratos. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if I saw that, but, um, but I mean, you know, maybe, maybe I missed something. I just couldn't get over how annoying his fucking kid was. Well, yeah, kids are annoying, though, right? Yeah, I guess so. I, I I would say that the whole human element probably made itself a little more apparent in the first one last year when they talked about it, because it kind of showed him trying to teach him, like, I'm trying to stay patient with the fact that you're completely worthless as we're trying to hunt this deer. Um, but that's, that's kind of the vibe I got. But it, it did seem very starkly different from what you had before, which was pretty much just endless fighting you know the entire time so I, I do like the shift away from the greek deities and they're going more with the norse mythology now um it's kind of cool to, i mean since he's killed pretty much all the norse or the greek gods by this point uh they need some new stuff to go kill so they they went uh, up north and now they're you know dealing with ice giants and that sort of thing um you know at, at the end of the trailer they encounter the world serpent which is obviously very important to uh you know Norse norse mythology and i i do like that because um you know, personally, actually, I, I'm part Norwegian, uh, so that sort of stuff is really cool to me. I do like the Norse mythology and that sort of stuff, so that that interests me. Um, and overall, the game, again, looks great. Everything at E3 looked pretty pretty good. Um, you know, combat feels like it's, it's again, God of War style, but uh, modernized quite a bit. I think it feels like it's a little more in tune with the modern kind of games you're seeing nowadays. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how that one pans out. And this one's coming out. Uh, they've been really foggy on release date. Um, it sounds like it's late 2017, early 2018. So you know we were about halfway there, maybe a little bit more. So you know you'll probably see this one in the next six to eight months, I imagine. Uh, and of course, Call of Duty World War II. Um, couple uh, trailers for this one. They had a reveal trailer and a multiplayer trailer. Um, it's a Call of Duty game. You know, it's it's what you might expect. Uh, now, the vibe I got from this one is I feel like they're trying to push for a little bit more of a cinematic experience like Battlefield 1. Um, I felt visually, like, I, I saw a screenshot and thought, is that Battlefield 1? Um, it was it was the Call of Duty World War II. Um, is that kind of the vibe you got, guys? That it was, it was, they're kind of trying to go for that more, it feels like a war movie that you're playing rather than just raw Call of Duty? If something works for your competitors, go ahead and borrow yeah. That's that's kind of what I I got out of it too. They went, oh shit, Battlefield One looks actually really solid. We should do that, but with the other World War, and you know, and I think they they made some comment like they're trying to aspire to the Saving Private Ryan of FPS games or something like that. So you know, whatever. Um, if it if it turns out well, um, I'm not a Call of Duty fan, not 
the kind of FPS that I like to play. But um, again, it looks good. If you're a World War II junkie, you, you might be really interested in this. If you're a Call of Duty junkie, we already know you're going to buy it. So, you know, what's the point? Um, but there's a couple trailers out there. Uh, this one's, of course, coming out on PS4, Xbox, and PC, and it launches November 3rd, 2017. I will say, I don't know if you guys... Um, well, I thought the game looked like a reskin, a World War II reskin of the first Black Ops game, uh, which, don't get me wrong, I think it looks great, uh, Black Ops 1, that is. Um, so I was kind of disappointed. It just does not look like a game that's coming out on PlayStation 4, um, Xbox One, and I assume Xbox One X. It, it's uh, something, yeah. something about it, it looks clunky, and I, I am of the opinion that, that Sledgehammer cannot make a proper Call of Duty game. Um, they made Advanced Warfare, and I mean, I was talking, I was talking with a friend about this. Sledgehammer is very innovative. Uh, the first Call of Duty game that they were able to do on their own uh, was Advanced Warfare, and if I'm not mistaken... It was the first game to have the double jumping, the kind of the start of the exosuit. It didn't have wall running, but it had the double jumping. It had the th- the thrust movement, so your thrust slide, your jump, and uh, this, that, and the other, and the punch. Um, they're innovative, but it, they need help getting it right, if that makes sense. Um, so props to them on that. I just I, I'm not sold on the new Call of Duty game. Uh, just because of the way it looks. I'm sure it plays fine. It's Call of Duty. It's a shooter. How hard can it be to mess up Call of Duty? Um, but something about it just looks off. And what kind of rubbed me the wrong way for whatever reason, maybe I'm being too oversensitive about this, uh, Sledgehammer actually scrubbed the swastikas from multiplayer and zombies, but they left them in the campaign. And I, I kind of want to know what you guys think about this. So their reasoning was that oh, multiplayer and zombies are a fictional setting, right? So there's no need for swastikas. Um, and the campaign is quote-unquote real, uh, depicting quote-unquote real um, events, real, real happenings. Um, so they felt that they were justified in leaving those in um, without offending anybody. But like I said, for multiplayer, for zombies, uh, they took them out. Um, and in the past, uh, this hasn't been the case. Uh, World at War, I believe, had swastikas in um, in Nazi zombies, at least. Um, I'm honestly not sure about multiplayer. And uh, Black Ops the first had uh, swastikas uh, for their Nazi zombies as well. So uh, what do you guys think about that? Well, my first thought would be, um, I know certain countries, like Germany, for example, they uh, basically strictly prohibit the use of swastikas in anything unless it's specific for historical purposes. So, yeah, I mean, you, normally you just get a censored version in those countries that, that prohibits it. Um, I don't know if they were trying to, if for multiplayer, saying, hey, it's the same for everyone, and then they just censored the, the single-player version. I I don't know if that's what it is, um, but you know, obviously, those countries have reasons for why they they feel that they need to ban that. Uh, so, yeah, just making it universal is a little strange. Um, I, I think they're the fact that it's it's not real in zombie universe. Sure, you should be you able should to text. text. It's just weird. It, it, it seems like it. Like they were trying to get around something, and that's the best excuse they come up with. It just seems very 
like a weird choice to make i guess i kind of get it but it's also strange texture should be the easiest thing to like not show to some players and to show to others in in the same game it doesn't affect like gameplay at all it's local so it shouldn't matter anyways but yeah it's just i don't know like like you said bait it's just it's very strange um you know i i don't have any personal you know gripe with or without having them there it's just it feels strange to specifically go oh yeah it's in this schema but not the other one and then actively talking about it It, it's just i don't know it's it's weird yeah so actually i I would be curious people's thoughts i might look into the forums and and stuff and see what the the chatter is about that i would like to get more on that because that is that is an interesting and very weird thing that they've done but yeah so like i said that one's coming out november 3rd um and this year so you know you'll get your 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 call of duty fix uh soon enough if you are looking forward to that one uh and if you do you know have an opinion on the whole swastika thing do let us know i'd I'd be curious your thoughts all right the big one is destiny 2 and again this is not an exclusive to p2 sony it's just you know sony gets the exclusives for destiny so they kind of showed off a trailer of all the exclusive content um kind of the same deal you might expect from uh destiny 1 and the taken king expansion you know it's uh you know, unique armor for, for PS4 players, a uh, unique strike, a uh, unique uh, PvP map, that sort of thing. Uh, nothing major in content, just kind of side stuff that you can do. Um, but, you know, if you were curious on um, where you want to play Destiny 2, uh, either PS4, Xbox One, or PC, uh, if you do play on PS4, you will get access to some of that exclusive stuff. Oh, and unique weapons as well. I think there's two, uh, two unique weapons you can get that are PS4 exclusive. And keep in mind that these are usually timed exclusives. If they follow the same model as Destiny 1, it's that the PS4 gets it for one year and then everyone else gets it uh, for the following year. So, you know, you won't be totally locked out of the content. You'll just have to wait for it if you are not playing on PS4. About that practice. Uh, I, I feel like as consoles get more and more similar to each other and as they start having crossplay, um, looking at, you know, Xbox One and PC, the only way they're going to differentiate themselves because developers aren't buying into the whole you know, the game is only available on one platform because it's not fiscally smart for them to do that, or they can't get companies to actually fork out enough money to make it exclusive for their platform, that this sort of thing is the only thing that's going to really set them apart and give you an incentive over another platform to do it. Um, Do I think it's a good consumer practice? I think it's kind of dumb, honestly. Uh, I think you should be able to play on whatever works best for you and not feel like you're missing out on something because it what doesn't work best for you has exclusive content. Like if you already have an Xbox one and you can't afford a PS4, you're getting screwed. Um, or you have to wait a year to play. I think that's kind of dumb. It's not good consumer practice, but you know, we're still seeing this sort of stuff pop up. What do you think? I, I don't really have an opinion. I think it's a little odd, I guess, but it's just me. I think we're getting to a better place though, where like the, the old, you know, games that were solely exclusive to a console is is really starting to die down um i think a lot of people a lot of companies just aren't willing to put up with the the loss of of customers from you know cutting off two or three other platforms and and now it's just like hey can we get like some exclusive you know a cooler gun skin or something and like a week of a head play to to you know brag about how we're the first ones ever to have this or something like that um I mean, we're one of the things that is we've talked about before is like CCP's VR games are like it's all cashing in on exclusive bonuses. Oh, yeah. It feels like oh yeah, everything's yeah. exclusive for a different platform, um, and then eventually it comes out to everything else. 
Um, and that's that's really where all these are going. Um, you know, the only companies still making the only titles that are still going to really be single platform exclusive outright are ones that are made in house. You know, games Sony makes, games yeah. Microsoft makes, games Nintendo makes, obviously. Yeah, looking at you, Gunjack Two, which was Gunjack One with some more bells and whistles, and releasing a quote unquote sequel to a game on a different platform <laughs> was uh yeah. Now, CCP does cash in on that quite a bit, especially the VR stuff because they're the only the only game in town really making a lot of really high quality VR games, so they can throw that weight around. I mean. Valkyrie probably sold a lot of PlayStation VR headsets. You know, just the fact that it was it was there, and I mean that wasn't exclusive, obviously. But when you're making a game of enough quality that people will buy, you know, the headset because they want to play the game, that's big. You got a lot of selling power there as a developer. Um, so you know, in, in that sort of situation, yes. But in terms of like general content. I, I, like Zell said, we're moving away from it, and in fact, we're even moving into kind of like I said before, like crossplay. Um, like Minecraft, for example, recently went um, universal for the most part, with uh, Minecraft being able to crossplay pretty much between all platforms it's on, except for PS4. Um, but like a PC, Xbox, mobile, even uh, Nintendo Switch, um, everyone who has Minecraft on those platforms can play on the same servers together and play with each other. There is no uh, no walls between them. And that's that's kind of the angle that Microsoft's been pushing lately. And Sony has surprisingly, from my perspective, been resisting it quite a bit. So, you know, hopefully this sort of exclusive shit kind of goes away. If you want to offer, hey, you get in to get the game a week early if you play on PS4, fine. That doesn't bother me so much. It's when it's actual, like, hard content with, like, a year-long... Um, lock on it like uh, what was the game uh Zell, you won it was it tomb raider that was exclusive for a year on one oh platform? my god i was so livid about that and i still haven't played it i own it now and i still oh, haven't geez. played it kill my example but yeah i mean he waited for a year to get the game because um you wanted to play it on pc right and it was on xbox exclusive for a year i think was that what it was yeah it was xbox exclusive yeah so i mean that sort of thing it's like Really? Like, how much did you pay to get that, like Microsoft? Or in this case, you know, what did, what did Sony pay for... I mean, getting exclusive rights to a game for a full year is pretty crazy. Um, and Destiny is obviously just certain certain parts of the content. And honestly, the amount of stuff you get is not massive, but it is noticeable. You know, that it is, it is a full strike, a full mission, uh, the PvP map, whatever. Um, but, like, certain weapons and stuff, some of those can be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, no, it's... I Hopefully we see this kind of this kind of stuff die down. If it's a little more minor stuff like early access, um, you get a different skin for the same gun you can have on everyone else. Fine. That's cool. Um, World of Tanks has that where if you play on PS4, you get like a special PS4 skin on one of the tanks, you know, that sort of stuff. I'm okay with that, but like hard locks behind content, I'm not, not a huge fan of. Uh, and Detroit become human. Um, I think Zell put this one on here, but, um, this is kind of the Heavy Rain style game, if you're familiar with that. I think it's actually done by the same folks that did Heavy Rain. And in this case, I think you play as basically, an, it's a futuristic game where you're playing as a negotiator who is an android. And it's kind of, you go through the story and you're trying to pick the choices that you um, get the optimal ending. And I think it kind of gives you the option to go back and change things and see how it would have gone the other way. And you kind of do this like choosing your adventure back, you know, go back, change something, you know, what's the end result and try to work your way through the story until you get to, you know, the actual ending. And, you know, are you happy with it? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but, uh, you know, 
again, like I said, if you're familiar with Heavy Rain, they have a very similar feel to a game, looks very similar. Um, if, you're that, if you're a fan of that style of game, definitely worth your time to check that one out. And seriously, they've been showing this for like, I, I think the first link I posted was like from 2012, they were showing off yep. some of the tech from this. And five years later, they're ready to show off the game. Um, but uh, I mean, this is this is some CCP level development timelines here. Um, but uh, it looks cool. It you know the whole uh, you know artificial intelligence robots you know thing. Go, I, I'm buying it. Let's let's be honest. I'll buy it. I'm I'm gonna play it. It looks cool. This yeah. is this is made by Quantic Dream, the Heavy Rain people. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, so yeah, um, dude, that game's gonna be great. It's gonna I, be, but just bear in mind, it's gonna be really slow. There's gonna be a lot of like regular, like day in, like this is me living my life. There's probably gonna be like a scene where you're doing the dishes for a while or something. Oh sure, I mean um, that that was Heavy Rain, and I mean no, I, I have full full uh, confidence in uh, Quantic Dream. That game will be good. All right, sounds good. So. Uh, moving along now, we're going to Ubisoft. Ubisoft had some good stuff that came out, and again, we kind of talked about a few of these um, in the past. Uh, Far Cry 5, I had two trailers, and, and actually there's there's a few more than two trailers, a few smaller trailers that came out. Um, but obviously this is, you know, the next Far Cry game. If, if you played Far Cry, you're familiar with it. You know, big open worlds. Um, that's Ubisoft does. You know, they do open worlds. Uh Looks great, set in Montana. Um, kind of the antagonist group in this case is a uh, very fanatic religious cult um, that's kind of you know terrorizing the area that you know the game takes place in, and you know not so many details on you know why your character is there per se, but obviously you're going to take this this cult down, and it you know it's I'm curious to see how this pans out because it obviously is. Uh, relevant, I think, to certain elements going on in American politics right now, um, certain social circles, and this could be really good or really bad, depending on how they do it. Um, I'd be curious to see how it actually plays out. I suspect there might be a fair amount of controversy around this one, so I am watching this one. Uh, probably not going to pick it up, personally, just because uh, open-world games, I've had enough of them right now, I don't need more, uh, but you know, it's it's worth keeping an eye on. Um, so a bunch of trailers available for that one. Do take a look. We'll get links in the description. But this one is coming out on February 27th, 2018. Uh, another one we talked about. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I will say, I mean, yeah, there is controversy around the game. But it's not too terribly far off from actual problems that are going in, uh, going on in Montana. Um, I think a couple of years ago, there were, uh, even in maybe the late 80s, early 90s even, uh, there were news reports of uh, fanatic cults uh, kidnapping and killing people and holding them for ransom. Um, so it, it is kind of interesting to see that, that that's, I assume that that's where Ubisoft has taken their... Um, their inspiration from um, it will be interesting. I think everybody's looking to see how they're going to paint um, how they're going to paint the protagonist. Um, but I mean, it's a nice departure from something that's like more fictional, I guess, mm -hmm. in the sense that it's in a fictional world that is you know representative of you know, Nepal. Let's say with Far Cry Four, and then there's a there's a, a tribal leader and blah 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 blah. It's like, yeah, okay, I've heard the story a million times, um, but I, I think this is something that you know, not that people can relate to this, but 
people can can see happening, I guess, more than they can see tribal warlord in Nepal taking over the area or something. If that makes sense. Well, as 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 you uh, as you play Watch Dogs, just remember that I got a notice in my mail about how they were uh, going to be upgrading our uh, traffic lights in my in my uh, home suburb. Uh, to a a smart central traffic management system thing, so the funny part about that is Watch Dogs does take place in Chicago. Games mirror like well, this is this is a suburb, but the my point is yeah, um, it, it's uh, there's there's some nice uh, games are always a little better when they stray just 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 right right there on the edge of reality, um, and Watch Dogs actually I think is probably much closer to that than some people think. <laughs> Yeah, and Bede, I think you actually kind of expanded the thought I was getting at was that it is based off of, or at least it seems to be based off of some actual actual events that that, that happened. It's obviously fiction, you know, it, it's all a story, but the inspiration definitely came from some things that actually happened, and I'm sure are actually happening to this day. So when you portray a game which is primarily you are, you know, the hero who's going in guns a-blazing and basically killing every bad guy you see. Um, and you're basing that off of a group of people that, that probably exists, or at least, you know, they're inspired by. Um, and their primary thing is enacting violence against the people in the area. You're, you're meeting that violence with violence. And it does raise kind of an interesting concern. How do you deal with these groups of people in the real world compared to how you would deal with them in the game world, especially if they're, you know, very similar like this. So it, it could be done very well and it could be done very poorly. Um, if it is entirely, I go in and kill the white supremacists with a bunch of violence and that's the end of the story. I'm going to be a little disappointed. I think they could have done more with it, but I wouldn't be surprised because that's what far cry games are. Um, but if they go a different direction with it, um, whatever that may be, um, it could be a lot more interesting. Um, so we'll we'll have to see. Like I said, I'm I'm not going to probably buy this one, but it's one I'm definitely keeping an eye out on. Um, and I imagine we'll probably see um, quite a bit about it once it actually comes out, um, or at least in the leading up to it. So definitely worth keeping your eye on. I think this is, this could be a very interesting piece of, um, like Zell said, you know, games mirroring reality or reality mirroring games. You know. Um, it's going to be an interesting uh, proof of concept on, on all of that. Uh, another big Ubisoft one, Assassin's Creed Origins, bunch of trailers, bunch of gameplay. Um, you know, again, we talked about this last week, uh, set in Egypt. Um, are you hyped for this one, Bait, after seeing all the footage? Oh my god, dude, I am hyped beyond belief. I am, I am, yes, I, I'm going to buy this game. I'm not going to pre-order it, um, but I will probably buy it first or second day. I'd be very surprised if I didn't buy it first or second day, uh, to be perfectly honest with myself. So um, just to kind of rehash a little bit of what we talked about last week, um, I don't know if I talked about this, uh, this specifically last week or not, though. The map is fucking huge. Um, if you go online and you just look at... Um, it was one of the gameplay demos kind of showed you how big the map is. Is it huge or is it sky or is it like um it's the, of the entire, wild huge? It, it's the entire country of Egypt. Like it, at, at like one to one scale? Uh or not, like or like Chicago really or like Chicago and Watchdog scale. No, no, <laughs> it, it it's it may be a little bit bigger than Grand Theft Auto's map. So still it's smaller than Breath of the Wild. 
Well, uh, let me look. Pokey, can you fancy about this? Breath of the Wild is is absurd. Like, like really absurd you could fit all the you could like list the the like top three or four other games you know that have huge maps stick them all together and they would fit inside the breath of the wild map <laughs> I'm, I'm actually curious because i know um while the playable area of final fantasy 15 is not nearly as big as the actual terrain map they made because the game was basically unfinished and there's a lot more stuff they were planning on putting in but the actual terrain map like that they they did uh, if you put it up against like Grand Theft Auto's map, it it makes GTA look like a joke. And I'm kind of curious on on what Breath of the Wild compared to the the EOS map from Final Fantasy 15 actually compares to. That would be that'd be interesting to 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 see what one is actually bigger in a one to one scale. Uh, 28 million meters square. So that is we're all frantically uh, googling how big the Breath of the Wild map is here. There's, a, there's so many out there, you know. Yeah, it's 18 quintillion. 18 quintillion square meters. Okay, there we go. Official answer. Uh, I, I'll get back to you on that, um, and we will put it in the doohickey in the description. Yeah. yeah Breath of the Wild is 140 square miles, though. 140 million? No, 140 square miles. Oh, that's it? Miles. Oh, miles. Yeah, yeah. Meters miles. Meters are miles. Uh, it just says M. Damn it! See, I'm, I'm on, getting guy. I'm getting GTA Five as being 149 square miles, and Witcher is 136. But you know, there's there's so many people out there with how they scale this stuff. Yeah. All I know is that when I played Skyrim, you could go on forever in that game, and it it, it helps in games like GTA when you've actually got a car, um, because you can you know drive and it's much faster. Uh. Skyrim, obviously, you're either on a horse, which isn't nearly as fast, or walking, but, uh, you know, some of these worlds are absolutely absurd. I mean, it, it always comes down to me of, you know, is there content in there to actually do, or is it a bunch of open space? No, 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 no. I'm going to release a game with the largest map we've ever had. It's it's going to be flat. It's going to be really flat, but it's going to be the largest map ever. It's going to be like... Oh, so Minecraft or whatever? <laughs> It's, it's it's just gonna be flat, but it'll be the okay. biggest one. It'll be the biggest one. Bigly, it's gonna be bigly maps. It's gonna be infinite size. We're just gonna it's gonna be like one big flat plane, and we're just gonna keep uh, keep an infinite metric on how far away you are from the the starting point. But it's just never gonna end. Oh, so it's No Man's Sky. Okay, cool. Oh, um, here we go. So Origins map size is similar to Black Flag. So not small, not big. Uh, it just, it just looks gigantic when they open up the map. Um, obviously, I'm sure they did that for a reason. But no, it's it, it it's a good size. Now, is- when you say it's the entirety of Egypt, is it basically that they're trying to recreate Egypt, obviously scale down to fit the map, yeah, but they but want yeah. to include everything in it? Yes. Um, at, at least all of the important things in Egypt. Um, as I'm sure you can figure, Egypt is centered around the Nile River, so that's where a lot of your cities are going to be. Which... I assume is where a lot of their cities are. Um, so obviously the Nile is going to be a central location, but yeah, there is going to be some desert stuff. I think they're, they're trying to hit the high, the highs and the lows, if that makes sense. Uh, for makes sense. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, weapons are going to have abilities. Um, so you may pick up a bow that, uh, you know, increases how many arrows you can shoot at a time. Um, or you may have a sword that, that, uh, takes, oh, what do they call it? 
they called it something adrenaline i think uh is the mechanic that they were using and and that incorporates into combat somehow um so much like an rpg each weapon is going to have a thing that it does um there's gonna be different uh levels of, of rarity of weapons uh which is the first time a, an assassin's game has done this um enemies are going to be leveled or are going to have levels so in uh you know around your starting area they're going to be more around your level and then um you know you can go to areas with higher level enemies but you may not be able to, to take them on um if you think about like if you think about the game like it's an RPG, you kind of get the idea of how it's going to play. It's going to kind of play like and I hate to make this comparison. It's going to kind of play like the division, where you're looking for that next highest uh, tiered item. From what I can tell, it's just Assassin's Creed. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing has uh, is uh, remained to be seen. But everything I've seen, I am I'm quite excited for it. Yeah, that seems like a pretty pretty big departure from what we've seen before, at least from what yes. I'm familiar with. So, yeah, uh, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on that when you do pick it up, uh, if it works for them or not. Because I think they, they really need to do something to change it up. Um, going an RPG-style route may or may not be a good thing. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious to see your thoughts once you get that out. Yep, and still my favorite part of that game is literal uh, evil vision. All right, sounds good. And this one's coming out October twenty eighth. So you know, we're, we're, a lot of these are, are coming up real close here. Um, so you'll you'll have a busy end of the year, I think, in terms of gaming. Uh, other Ubisoft titles that are coming out uh, beyond Good and Evil two uh, got a, a trailer, no release date, more of a yes, we're working on it. Uh, and then there's a game called Skull and Bones being produced by Ubisoft, which um, I don't know if you saw this bait, but it basically looks like they turned the naval combat from Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and basically made it a five versus a five v five naval combat game. It looks awesome. Like it looks really good. Did you get a chance to look at that one yet? Uh, what is this? Sorry. Uh, Skull and Bones in the Ubisoft section. No, what is that? Uh, so it originally started where they were they were testing Black Flag, I believe it was. And just in a developer kit, they actually got um, multiplayer working, or they had one ship versus the other ship, and the two players playing against each other. And they were like, this is actually the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, and it didn't make sense for the game. They didn't want to add it into you know, Black Flag, but they're like, we should make it into an actual multiplayer game. So, uh, oh, yeah, that, yes. that's it's, Black it's a, Flag. <laughs> yeah, no. Like you look at it, like this is the same damn game. It's like they took they just took the like I said they, they took the naval combat portion out of Black Flag and made it a five v five multiplayer game. So it's oh these giant naval battles. You're you know like I said you're familiar with the Black Flag or, or even Assassin's Creed Three, um, which is probably kind of a, a more simplified version of it. Uh, it. It's exactly that. It looks just like that, and it sounds really badass. Like I can only imagine how fun that would be, especially if it's like a team battle, right? Like different oh kinds God, of ships yes. and stuff. Yeah. No, it looks awesome. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. That's that's Black Flag just without the Assassin's Creed. That looks really good. If if you play Black Flag, um, you know that Ubisoft really did nail naval combat in that game, and if Obviously, they're using that as a base, and I'm, I'm sure they've expanded upon it. Um, it. It looks like the expansions that they've made are, are good. Um, wow, God, that looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hyped for that one. Uh, no release date on that one that I could find, but yeah, it's, it's pirates, it's naval combat, it looks really cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, go buy that game, guys. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, that one looks good. Uh, Bethesda also had a pretty good showing. Uh, we kind of touched on some of the other stuff they're working on. Obviously, they have the Skyrim for Switch, but uh, Wolfenstein 2, uh, if you're familiar with Wolfenstein, um, you know you, you know what it looks like. It's, it's you're basically running around dual-wielding guns, killing Nazis. Um, it's kind of built in a futuristic where Nazis take taken over, and they've got all kinds of crazy steampunk stuff going on. Um, looking at the combat, it looked like Doom 2016, but with more Nazis. Um, just looks really straightforward. I like games that are very straightforward like that. Um, looks pretty good. So if you're interested in that, check out the trailer. That comes out October 27th. Uh, and then the kind of the big ones coming out for Bethesda is uh, VR games. They're making VR versions of a lot of the games. Uh, Doom 2016 is getting a VR version, Fallout 4, and Skyrim as well. Uh, you'll want to look at the trailers for this one. Um, they've handled some things in an interesting way. Uh, for Doom, for example, you have your 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 hand controllers. It's not like a for not like a, a game pack controller. It's you got your hand controllers, and so you've got your gun in your right hand. That's what you aim with, and then your left hand, you've got this little thing that you basically shoot at the ground, and that teleports your character there. So you aren't moving around like you normally would in the games. You're kind of going, I want to stand there. You teleport at that point, and then you can turn and rotate as you normally would in the VR game and shoot or do whatever you're doing. But it's not like a free roam. And actually, I think this comes from when I was listening to an interview, them talking about trying Fallout 4 in VR. And they had it originally where you would like move with a gamepad controller, right? And people were kept getting sick. Like it was causing crazy motion sickness. And they had to find out that they had to make it for you. If you teleported around, it fixed the problem. But people couldn't handle the motion. At least certain people couldn't um, of normal movements in the gameplay. So that's probably where this came from. Uh, but it looks really weird. I don't know if it will be fun or not, uh, particularly for Doom, because Doom is all about strafing. Uh, so having it be where you have to teleport around and stand still, I'm not sure if that's going to work for the gameplay or not. But, you know, do take a look at it. Tell me what you guys think. Um, it, it it might be a solution for the motion sickness problem, but I, I don't know if it's going to be a fun game or not. What do you guys think on this one? Um, I'm, I, I've always been a little leery of um, shooter um, VR games. And, right. so, and something like Doom, I, I feel like there's just a lot going on uh, visually. That that might throw a lot of people off. Skyrim and Fallout, and eh, not so much, but but Doom having something constantly shooting at you, something constantly in your face. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I feel like that may be a problem. I'd be really uncomfortable with that. Um, I mean, it, can I can I actually sidebar a, a little bit? Sure, sure. Yeah, this is Zell's um, VR corner, right? It's it's some news that we didn't. It's funny because I haven't actually said anything about VR yet today, but whatever. Um, there was actually a a thing that came up in uh, Eve Valkyrie news recently. Um, that actually makes me a little uncomfortable about playing it again. Um, is I guess there's this mechanic called these or these little spider bots that you can run into, and then they attach themselves to your ship and do damage to it, which is all fine and good. But apparently there's a glitch that is like I guess it's a glitch, but they've said, but a lot of people have said don't fix it because it's cool. Um, where sometimes if you're you're you know when your ship in Valkyrie blows up, uh, the cockpit uh, canopy collapses in, and apparently if there's a spider on that canopy, sometimes it will fly at your face when the when the canopy collapses. Oh, and I'm and some people, someone was like, this is the greatest jump scare I've ever had. Keep it, and I'm like. This is the sort of reason I that 
I, I may not go and play this game again, you know, when there's like a robotic spider that's going to potentially fly at your face. Um, I don't, I don't, there should not be jump scares in VR. There are some people who will like it and that's fine, I guess. But, but don't do that to people. It's not cool. Unless you're playing Resident Evil 7, which that game would have been if, terrifying if playing, in VR. If you're playing Resident Evil, that's what you're there for. That's fine. But like, because <laughs> I'm simply not going to play it. It's very simple. But like, I'm a little, I, I'm, I, you know, I haven't really voiced my opinion on this anywhere else. But at, like, I, I seriously hope that CCP considers with Valkyrie that maybe a lot of people don't play fighter games to have jump scares with robotic spiders thrown in their face, you know? Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's, it's, it's a pretty funny glitch. It's would be the first time that we've seen glitches that are controversial if they should stay or go in CCP games. But uh, that's, I, I had not heard about that one. That's pretty funny. At least let me shut it off, like fix the bug and then make it intentional for people who want it or something like that. I don't know. So, so someone picks up the game and they go into the options and they're like, what the hell are cockpit spiders? Like, just leave it on. Are you sure? Yeah, just leave it on. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's part of the mechanic. And then they'll, they'll just at you. Because <laughs> you know that's what's going to happen. Like, what the what the hell are cockpit spiders? This isn't normal. Um, no, that's that's pretty cool stuff. But uh, Here, click, yeah. the, click this link really quick. Just just click that link. But I know it's coming. Oh, God. It's like a robot face hugger. Why? Yes! Never that's... mind. You're right. Take that out. <laughs> that's so much worse oh than you described. <laughs> and that's just a, that's a still photo I sent you. There is video. Wow. Like, that, that is terrifying, but also kind of cool so i can see both sides but i yeah i wouldn't want that either because that's pretty that's pretty awful um that, that is cool though I, I like that this will obviously be added to the show notes yeah spider face bots all right um but yeah going going back to the the, the doom and the stuff you know in that game in particular i, I kind of agree with you guys saying like for skyrim and fallout i could see it working um fallout you can actually play the game much like kind of like an RPG, if you go into if you utilize the VAT system, um, if you're familiar with the Doom series or with the Fallout series, it plays like a uh, an RPG. It plays like the classic Fallout, right? I could see that working. I could see Skyrim probably working like that. But Doom, it's all about the movements, and you've taken that away. So you either make the game unplayable because you'll die constantly because you can't move, or you have to cater the content to the VR controls, which then it's not Doom anymore. So that one I'm pretty iffy on, but the Fallout one is kind of interesting. Um, I, I might actually like that if I had a VR headset, I'd pick that one up. But the Doom one, I'm like, eh, no, I'll pass on that unless I see something otherwise that that really sells it for me. Uh, one more Bethesda thing, uh, Evil Within, uh, again a horror game. Um, got a trailer that's coming out October 13th, 2017. If you're looking forward to that one, that one will be out soon. Um, we've got EA games. That's, you know, obviously stuff we covered before. Uh, big one, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, again, looks fantastic. I mean, the, the visuals look really, really good. Um, the Battlefront 1 looked fantastic. I remember seeing that one mod on PC that made the game look basically real. Uh, just very impressive looking, uh, even on console, you know. Uh, not going to buy that one either. Uh, I was still kind of burned out in the first, the, even the demo, the first one. I was like, eh, and then you got, you got EA DLC plans. I was like, forget it. I'm not going to get that game. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for Battlefront 2, it looks like they've, they've changed quite a bit of things. Um, again, we kind of went over this in the past. We'll do it again. But, uh, you know, looks good. Um, if you're into that, if you want to pick it up, November 17th, 2017 is when that is available. 
other EA games coming out. You've got FIFA 18. Um, you know, it's FIFA. It's the next FIFA game. Uh, that's September 29th. Uh, Madden 18. Uh, apparently, it's getting a story mode for the first time, which would be kind of interesting. Uh, not a football guy, so I'm going to pass on that one as well. Um, I don't think anyone else here is a Madden player. Am I right? Nah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I am all about the football, Pokey. <laughs> He's all about the sports ball. Yeah, all I know all, all the sports ball characters and and all the the sports ball stories and and plot lines and and you know yeah I totally yeah he's into it he's Tom, feeling it you can you can you can tell how excited he is Tom Brady's the best golf player ever you guys oh god luckily no one who listens to the show um will actually be offended by that so we're fine at least Jay's not here. Um, but yeah, so Madden 18, getting a story mode, it's kind of interesting, launches uh, August 25th, 2017, uh, Need for Speed Payback has also got a trailer, um, kinda, I kind of got a Fast and the Furious vibe from it. Um, that so, game is basically Fast and Furious, it, it is, the game. Yeah. Why not? Sure, you know, if it's fun, go for it. Um, so that got a trailer, launches November 11th, so you know, lots of stuff coming out couple months here if you are interested if you can stand ea you know that sort of thing so um obviously that wasn't everything that that was e3 um there's tons of little tidbits uh, i i what were you guys' general thoughts on the shows in general like do you think this is a really good e3 was it not so good what, what do you think just kind of a broad opinion of the whole thing there's a fair bit of stuff here i mean you know it it is it it's e3 i i guess i don't know it's there's there's i'm more excited about the john wick tv series dang it there's a couple things in here that i'll probably buy and play you know the the detroit one uh beyond human um you know looks good i'll buy anthem i'm sure um but i mean so much of this is just the regular stuff yeah you get another assassin's creed you get another madden game you get another forza game you get another uh call of duty of course because it wouldn't it would literally you will know that the, the the world has ended because there is not a call of duty game coming out that year um i, I mean that's it's it is what it is what about you Pete? Uh, e3 was cool for me once and now it's just like eh, okay because it's all stuff that like has been in development for five years and isn't gonna be out for another five years i feel like or it's like it's like skyrim and uh, Fallout and Doom, where it's like you can play this on a rock now. What do you fucking do? Uh, look, <laughs> look in the juice Skyrim. I saw a great meme that was uh, it, it was all the all the consoles that Skyrim's going to come out on, and the first one for this year was was the Switch. The next year was a toaster. The next year was a microwave, and then I think it was like 2020 was a fucking rock. So I can't wait to play Skyrim on 2020 uh, on a rock. That'll be great. Um, that then, rock. That rock is going to have more RAM than your PC does today. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but I'm, I don't know. Like I said, E3 was cool for me like maybe five years ago. Now it's just like, eh, okay. And another thing, can we stop all this like pre-E3 press conference bullshit? Like when Microsoft and EA had their press, their press conferences, E3 hadn't officially started. E3 started on like Thursday of that week. So that was the point. Well, I mean, we have movie trailers for our movie trailers now, so it, it kind of makes sense. You've got to have a, a preview for your preview. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when there was a preview, there wasn't really anything, uh, you know, to show. Well, that's what got me, is it was like, yeah, we're doing this, all stuff, I'm like, cool, so when we get to the show, there's going to be more, right? And they're like, no, it's the same thing we showed you already. I'm like, what the fuck did I watch for? Like, oh. 
You know, it's, it's, it, you gave it away already. Like, I'm, I'm like marking the date, getting ready for E3. I'm like, it's going to be great. It's going to be cool. And I'm like, oh, they, they already showed it. Okay, I guess mm-hmm. they already showed everything. I mean, I heard that the people who were there, they said the show floor was really good. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah, because it was, it was open to the public, right? So you could actually yep. go, you could get tickets, and that was pretty cool. Um, but personally, I felt the show was kind of boring. It was like, yes. it, 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 maybe it's because there weren't any games that really got me. But, like, the ones that looked really interesting were, like, anthem where it's like okay well you really didn't show me anything you know you told me you were yeah. making a game and it looks good i'm like but i don't know anything about it other than that you've got exosuits you can customize okay you know but that doesn't tell me anything you know um so you know i, I just wasn't wasn't that excited in, in a lot of the sony stuff um because I, I i you know i play on ps4 um, a lot was like well yeah we're working on it it'll be sometime in 2018 i'm like right, okay right. so there's, like, no, there's no dates like, on anything you know only nintendo had really solid dates and I, I guess no that's not true sony was the one that was the big the big the big one there where they just wouldn't give a date on anything it's like it's yeah, next 18 months Give or take, you know? Yeah, exactly. They're just spitting trailers out at you. I feel like that that's sadly all E3's become. It's just trailer fest. Uh, there, There's not a lot of gameplay that they show, at least. From what I understand, the floor was packed with shit to play, though. Uh, which is good if you're there, but, you know, for the rest of us who can't afford to fly out to L.A. and then get a hotel room in, in, in the middle of downtown Los Angeles and then buy tickets to the convention for even a day. I'm not sure. I assume they do it. You can do a whole thing or just a day thing. Um, just, it, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. My biggest thing, uh, I think at times, was just the people that they had up there talking about the games and, and introducing. Like, they had that great fail that we, uh, that we shared last week with that YouTuber kid who just could not keep his shit straight. Uh, for Need for Speed. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's supposed to be, oh, this is a super serious video game. And then you get people like that who just kind of, and, and obviously it's not on purpose. It was that kid is, is probably his first, you know, live show and something on scale of E3. Uh, kind of, uh, it obviously got to him. But, you know, and then you have like the, I don't know if you saw EA's, uh, if you actually watched EA's presser for Battlefront 2, but that woman that they had up there, God Damn, she was annoying. And she seemed fake. All right, she seemed like she was just there to pitch the game. And she's, oh my god, it's a woman with, you know, big tits or whatever up on stage. Um, but, you know, that, that's just what I thought. Um, and then the, the actual dude from EA who, you know, could might as well have been a Bond villain. Uh, <laughs> Basically, I, he is, man. It's EA. Come on. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's just the, some of the people that they that they used uh, for everybody, except Phil Spencer. I think Phil Spencer of, of Microsoft has a really good command of the stage, and I think he he did a really really good job. But just just some of the people, man. I I don't know. Yeah, no, that was Phil Spencer was pretty good, but the rest of it was just like, eh, yeah, I mean, okay. And 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 some made a good point. They're like, before it used to be people got up and they'd kind of give presentations. You had lots of people talking, and there's lots of grandstanding. And here was like one dude per per thing. He gets up, he's like, yeah, okay, so this is the Sony conference, and trailers go, and it's basically just yep. boom, 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 done. I'm like, okay, or you're going to do what EA mm-hmm. did, and it's like. Okay, we're going to show off Star Wars Battlefront 2, but first, Madden, or, okay, after the Madden. Okay, we have a lot more coming up, and including 30 minutes of Star Wars Battlefront 2 gameplay, but first, FIFA. And then you repeat the process until you've gotten through all the EA games that nobody gives a shit about. 
um, and then you get to what you're actually there for, what everybody's there for. That was annoying, but still. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got the you know, last year Square had something like that where everyone was looking for Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts news, and it was like, okay, oh, here's the good. producer from you know uh, World of Final Fantasy, and everyone's like, yay, clapping, and here's someone from this game that no one cares about, yay. All right, now Kingdom Hearts three, woo! Everyone's freaking out. It's like I feel bad for the guy who's got a he was like the lead developer on the game that no one gives a shit about, and he has to get up there, <laughs> yes. and he knows that no one cares about him because it's just there to get to the other guy who comes after. You're him just the you're just the bad. you're just what's that the the um the opener. You're just the yeah. opener. Basically, you're basically the opener. It's like okay, people are gonna buy your game, but they're not here to see you. They're here to see. The bigger title that you're, you know, you're just, you know, being the, the opener for. So, yeah, that's that's always kind of cringy when they do that. It's like, okay, yeah, we get 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 to the stuff we care about, you know. I think there but, were uh, definitely some winners of of E3 though. Uh, fucking Devolver had their presser like right after Bethesda. So Bethesda uh, had their it was a midnight slot. They went for forty minutes. Bethesda conference was really short. And really was not good, I didn't think. And then Devolver comes on. Devolver buys, I think, maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes. And they just shit on E3 their entire time and just rip it a new one. And it was still a really good conference. Um, so if you haven't watched Devolver's press conference, you really should. They, they did a fantastic job of, um, uh, of doing a press conference and not taking themselves seriously. And and I think they still actually announce stuff. It just was hard to tell. Are they like being serious or are they actually announcing something? But Devolver definitely nice. Yeah, you gotta have fun with it. Um, I think if you kind of get into the the same rotation as the big guys, you just end up with you know trailer spam and mm. no one gives a shit. You know, like I can go on YouTube and watch that. Like E three is just now it's become just a here's the day we're going to release the trailers for all the games we've got coming up. And it's like, okay, well, that's, whatever, you know, I want interviews with people. I want someone talking about their game. I want them to explain exactly what they're doing, you know, and, and you'll get that with certain people, but now it's like, you know, it's just, you don't get that with like the big ones. You get it with the indie developers, the smaller groups, you know, the, the smaller games that aren't front and center stage. And those are the ones you, you care about. And they just didn't get much attention with this, this E3. So I was kind of like, eh, fine. You know, got some cool trailers and stuff to talk about, but nothing jumped out at me. Save for maybe um, Final Fantasy Dissidia, but that wasn't even part of the main presentation. That was just kind of their ahead of time like oh yeah we're doing this but we all knew it was coming so it was like yay you confirmed it oh yeah yeah yeah. the fishing one whatever wait (laughs) is that really all this yes are you serious it's 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 called like final fantasy 15 like sea monsters or some shit and it's basically the fishing mini game in final fantasy 15 plus some vr mechanics and that's it yeah it's not actually no, it's not combat. It's a fucking fishing simulator. I was like, yeah, VR, it's going to be cool. Like, it's for fishing. I'm like, I hate that part of the game. Never mind. <laughs> no one yeah. wants to do the fishing. Oh, fuck you, Square Enix. Yeah, yeah. It's just... I have so many <sighs> mixed feelings about 15 and what they're doing. I'm like, parts of it are brilliant, and the other ones, I'm like, just stop. Just stop <sighs> doing it, please. We don't need a fishing minigame in VR. Give me the give me the cool prompto um you know first person shooter thing that was like part of the combat VR like that's what I really wanted that that's what looked cool but like yeah it's a fishing mini game like the one part that I haven't done yet because it's boring as shit 
because no one likes fishing in games. I'm sorry. It sucks. Anyways. Um, but yeah, no, E3 was kind of boring this year, honestly. Um, unfortunately, you know, like you said, a lot of stuff that we knew was coming or has been in development is going to be in development because they won't give us a damn release date. So it's like, what's there to get excited about? Except for the stuff where you actually know what's coming out on this day. Um, so, you know, take it what you will. Um, I love to people's comments on, you know, what they, what they thought about E3. Um, was it good, bad? Who do you think won E3 if you play that game? Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, one quick thing I did want to do before we bring this one in for a close. Um, we do our weekly game review for the freebie games on PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, real quick, I play Life is Strange uh, for PS4. The full season pass is available for free if you are a PS Plus member. So this one is, and I would think I was incorrect in saying that it was like a Telltale game. Um, it is very story-driven. I would think it's a little more similar to, say, Heavy Rain and the fact that you do get to move your character around. Um, you get to go and look at what you want. It's not just like you're watching a movie and you interact every once in a while. It's you're actually moving your character around and, and talking to people, um, looking at different things, that sort of thing. So just want to clarify on that. Um, it is... Uh, the main mechanic is... And this isn't really a spoiler, but the main mechanic is the main, the main character has the ability to rewind time. And so the puzzle, so to speak, in the game is that you can go past, like, decision points where you do something, you answer a question, you make an action, you choose one path over the other. And you get to see the immediate after effect of that. And you can decide at that point, did I like that? Do I think that's going to turn out well? Um, or do I want to rewind time and pick the other option? And so it's kind of like a Telltale game where it's like you, you go through it, you pick it, you go, ooh, I don't like how that ended. So you turn the game off, you reset, you go back to a previous save, and you, you try again. Um, but this actually makes the game mechanic. So, you know, there's certain things you have to do where you have to kind of see what happens, and then you go back in time, and then you, you use that information that you had to, you know, change what happened in, in the way that you wanted to. Um, it's a game that's extremely dense in that, if you are looking through the world, there's you can examine and look and read basically something every five feet if you want. Um, I didn't have the time to actually go into all the depth, but if you want to make the game very deep, if you want to learn a lot about the, the world and that sort of thing, um, you can. There's lots of little notes stuck everywhere. You can, you know, look into the computer and go through all the emails. You can read the sticky notes on the board. You can examine people and, and kind of get the character's inner thoughts about, you know, that person and what their backstory is and what she knows about them, that sort of thing. Uh, so if you're going to play, you can kind of pick how deep you want to go into the story. I kind of just briefly went through it. I mean, I looked at stuff that, that seemed important, but I didn't go into the detail about everything I saw because I realized real quickly, this is going to take me a really long time to do if I, if I don't move along. So uh, keep that in mind that you don't, feel like you have to look at everything but if you do have the time and you are interested be sure to examine everything you see uh because it is actually pretty well written um the story takes place in uh high school it's uh, it's a girl she has the power to rewind time um and you know it's i didn't get too far into the story but it is you know you see a lot of kind of the high school drama you might expect you know if you remember high school depending on how old you are you might still be in high school uh, for me, I, I look back and it was it was kind of cringy because it was actually quite accurate to the kind of stupid shit the high schoolers do. Um, there's this one guy who likes the main character and he is friend zoned so painfully hard that you can kind of choose if you friend zone him further. And I was like, "You're so cringeworthy! I got to do it. Like this is this is this is awful." Um, 
So it was amusing in that part. But, uh, you know, I felt like it was pretty well written. The main character is kind of awkward, but it's it's charming in the sense because she is kind of an awkward high schooler. Uh, I felt like it was actually well set for what they were trying to go for. So overall, the, the story felt like it was pretty good. Um, I, I'm looking forward to kind of playing into it a little bit more and getting through it all. Like I said, there's there's uh, it's the full season pass. You got the whole damn game in there. It's all five all five uh, episodes, um, tons of content, uh, and it seems really interesting. Um, it's kind of got a mysterious vibe at the very beginning, and then uh, you can kind of I'll let you piece together the story and give it a shot. But uh, this one is getting a prequel, uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm. Uh, which is coming out. We talked about that uh, last week a little bit. So, you know, if you are interested in that, if you like kind of that Heavy Rain style game, uh, it's not like the, the realism like Heavy Rain, but it's kind of like a more stylized look, um, definitely check it out. Uh, like I said, it is free if you have uh, PlayStation Plus this month. Um, very good story-driven uh, stuff. The rewind mechanic is interesting. Uh lets you kind of try different things and see how you want to get the story to go unless you see all the possibilities before you move forward and it kind of gives you a different feel of that style of game so that was pretty good uh, but overall um it seemed like a pretty good game um definitely worth spending more time time on i'm looking forward to that uh and i do suggest you go check it out if you like really strong story driven games uh, but with that said, guys, I think we're pretty long on time here. We try to get through all that stuff as fast as we could, but, uh, you know, a lot of stuff to go over. So we'll probably be back to our normal stuff uh, next week. But, uh, yeah, so that was all your E3, E3 extravaganza for this week. And uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on real quick before we bring this one in for a close? Uh, Watch Dogs is fun. So if you have the opportunity to play that game, play that game. And I'll talk more about it next week. Yes, Bate will do Watch Dogs next week, and then uh, the following week after that, I will be doing Killing Floor 2, which is also the other PS4 Plus uh, freebie for this month. Um, but yeah, do you guys want to do uh, some quick shout-outs here? Zell, you've had an um, hour and a half. So, ready? one thing I learned is that um, computers need adequate ventilation, particularly when they're big servers, and you get really excited about the fact that you got all the cables out of the way and now can close the doors in the cabinet they're in. I overheated a server this weekend. It was cool. Did it catch on fire? No. No, it God did not. It. I did not light another computer on fire. I, I, have a, I currently have a record of one computer lit on fire. I tend to keep it that way. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. And bait, you're up, man. Um, oh, fuck. Okay. So uh, summer uh, rolls around here in Florida, and uh, when... Uh, when the weather gets hot, um, it brings humidity, which, when the weather does its thing, also brings rain for some reason. Um, I can't explain to you how, because I was asleep during that part of uh, Earth Science, and it's the most fucking boring class ever. So, uh, it gets hot and it rains, and it's really annoying. And it's been raining here in Florida for the past 10 days, like, almost all day. And it's, it's annoying. Um, so, shout out to, to the rain. All right. Um, and my shout-out for this week is probably going to go to uh, the guys over at Square Enix for releasing a really solid expansion of Final Fantasy XIV. I'm really enjoying it. The production quality is absolutely top-notch on this one. I think they've really outdone themselves. Um, sucks for the server issues, but, you know, I think they'll get that sorted out in due time. It's gotten quite a bit better in the last few days, so that's good to see. But, uh, you know, really solid stuff, so shout-out to those guys. Um, but yeah, with that, I think we're going to bring the show in for a close here. Again, if you want us to cover any particular topic, um, any games you want us to cover, 
Uh, we still have our Dungeon Crawl series ongoing on YouTube. You can access that either on YouTube at the Biomass Podcast channel or at our website at biomass.net. Uh, we're in the last few episodes of Resident Evil 7. Um, we have a few episodes of Prey already queued up, and we'll be recording some more of that uh, maybe next week. I kind of, I'm moving this week. It's going to be pretty busy. But uh, we'll have plenty of content for you guys to watch over the next couple of weeks, and uh, be sure to check that out. But you know, if there's any games you want us to play, anything you want us to talk about, if you want to be on the show, do let us know. All the contact information is available on the website, biomass.net or biomass.com. Uh, so yeah, let us know. We'll be, be happy to have you. Uh, next week, we'll probably get back to some of the uh, Project Nova news. I do have some stuff I've kind of been sitting on, but uh, you know, we've just been busy with E3, and I do apologize for kind of putting that off. But we will get back to that next week, hopefully. Uh, but with that said, everybody, guys, have a good night, and uh, please be safe out there. <laughs>